my understanding of what Dr. Tam explained yesterday uh, is that if people want to wear a mask, uh, that is okay. It protects others more than it protects you because it prevents you from breathing or, or, or speaking uh, moistly on them. Oh, what a terrible image. Uh, I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. And In the age of taking a red pill, a purple pill, a green pill, a yellow pill, a white pill, a black and white pill, or any other pill, we're all getting a headache from this BS, so just take anti-inflammatory. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Dave. The next few podcasts are going to be a bit of rhetoric I developed one evening after digesting a whole slew of podcasts, one of which was a reading of Might is Right by Ragnar Redbeard, or Mr. Desmond as we all know him. But it would have been kind of neat if Jack London had actually written it. But anyway, the title of this episode was translated into the Sumerian because much like this isolate language, I feel like most of our outdated beliefs haven't fundamentally changed. Plus, Sumerian's pretty kick-ass. Unfortunately, as much as we think we're progressing towards something better, the utopian delusion remains that. A delusion. Much of what we do is still modeled after what we've always done. The saying goes, the more things change, the more things stay the same. I got the idea for the Staff of Law from a book series I read as a teen called The Thomas Covenant Chronicles. So thank you, Rick Can, for those books. Someday I'll return the books back to you. An epic story about Thomas Covenant, the unbeliever, a man who was diagnosed with leprosy during the peak of his life, a prolific writer, a husband to a beautiful wife, and a child, stolen by a diagnosis of leprosy, shunned by his community, having groceries delivered to his house just so that he didn't go into town to get them himself. One day, Thomas was walking around the living room and stumbled and hit his head, passed out and the reader is supposed to surmise that he's dreaming and falls into a place called the land. In the land, Thomas Covenant is not shunned. In fact, the white gold ring that he took with him on his transmigration from his wedding holds great power in this place, the wild magic. Now in this land, there's also the staff of law, which is a staff imbued with the power to change the natural cosmic order of things. The staff becomes important later in the story, but for this podcast, the problem with the staff of law is it becomes corrupted and twisted to make abominations out of the natural creatures of the fictional world of the land. It's much like what's going on right now, with laws being twisted and cavorted to suit the narrative of a small group of people rather than creating a fair and just society for everybody. But... It's not my intent to twist the natural order of things with the offending diatribe that follows. It's my intention to get you to think. The original Myers right was filled with all sorts of racist connotations and misogyny, and I don't support that narrative. So, I present to you the Staff of Law, Meushbara, or Staff of Enabling Cosmic Activities. Warning. Please do not continue down this road if you have delicate sensibilities and you can't handle an opinion that isn't your own. The point of free speech is to encourage discussion. Sometimes this involves listening to things that offend you. If you're indeed offended, know this. 
you may be on the precipice of changing the way you think and not yet know it. If not, that's okay too. But if you can't approach things with an open mind, then turn back now. The Pulse of Stupidity I've ripped the stick off the tree of stupid and I draw the line in the sand. Enough is enough. The age of reason post priori has evolved into the contemporary age of indolence, blind submission, the embrasure of abherence and political oversensitivity. Reason has taken a backseat to matters contrived by the a priori minds of the unproductive and the brazen destroyers of sanity and peace. These wayward souls that cry like the baby bird to be fed virtue and yet they have no motion themselves to enact this virtue. The termites chirp, I must be heard, I will be heard, or I will knock down your door and burn your homestead to the ground. Yet, in a week, CNN, CBC, The National Post, take your pick, will put out a story on some other contrivance and the public will think of it no more. Some imbecile will post a moronic TikTok video and we will switch from genocide, racism, cultural appropriation, and war to... Let's see how many dildos we can shove in our mouth at the same time. What is mental illness when the multitudes run around like deranged fiends? Life right now is like watching bumper cars at the fair with no steering wheels. Everybody keeps moving around mindlessly, but hey, we're all chiming in now. Fuck it, let's boycott bumper cars. In the age of information, common sense is the unreadable epitaph of a dusty grave marker. Apparently, dualism has become the new pleurisy. A cacophony of bullshit is spreading around in our minds. We used to relegate speaking of our sex lives in only the bedroom. Now it's a matter of public opinion. Everybody has to know what your preferences are, but for what reason? Some of us will like you and continue to like you regardless of whether you're a man, a woman, a them, or gay, or straight, bi, trans, pansexual, furry, whatever. I will treat everyone with the same respect or disdain that they treat me. Why does the entire world need to know what is transpiring between your legs or behind the closed door of your red room? If I don't know you, do I not generally introduce myself first by name? I don't believe it's a part of usual conversation to discuss what gender we identify as, if indeed we identify as a gender and add our sexual preference. How would this conversation sound? Good afternoon, my name is Dave. I am a pansexual, Native American, non-binary, super lizard. If Young were alive, he would see a world possessed of its own madness. Ideologies running rampant and spreading like the contagion that it is. Isn't it a bit disingenuous to treat people in different ways? Let's consider this fakery for a moment. If I treat friend A differently than friend B, then does fr either friend A or B get the genuine version of me? Maybe, but probably not. Therefore, I have been called brazen and audacious, but at least I'm not fake. If it is you introducing yourself to me, why is it that I need to know whether you are non-binary or gender fluid? Is it going to impact who you are as a person? The obvious fallacy here is if you need to tell me this, then you're expecting me to tailor my treatment of you in a very specific way. This is disingenuously bred. I like people as who they are, not what they are. Besides, 
that's not a very friendly thing to do, imposing your way of thinking on someone you just met. If you were my friend, and you decided that you wanted to be gender fluid, or whatever your choice may be, then our essential friendship doesn't change. Since I am your friend, I can empathize with the fact that something seemed off for many years and empathetically listen to your plight without judgment. We must indeed be good friends to discuss such intimate sentiments. I could celebrate with you that you have come to this great epiphany as your friend. If it is something that affects our fundamental relationship of terms of how I treat you, then both of us never truly knew who you were in the first place and our friendship was based on a lie. If we are not an intimate couple, this knowledge changes nothing. If we were, then that's a private discussion between one or more consenting adults. If you're a good person, you treat others with respect. I have no issue with you. Do what you like as long as you don't hurt anybody else. The same rights belong to you that belong to me. Do I ignore the issue of discrimination in our society? Fuck no. It's a rampant, but we're not going to get any better by forcing it onto those who are already intolerant. Most would rather do nothing than do something about the real problems of the world. The more you use government mandate to push an agenda onto the people in a democratic society, the more the people will push back. Have you learned nothing from COVID? By making this type of discrimination illegal, you're only appealing to the dark and sadomasochistic side of these shadowy others. You tempt them by telling them, don't do this or you'll get in trouble. They turn around and do it anyway, like a child who is told not to eat the cookies from the cookie jar. The solution must be novel, pun intended. Stop the institutional tyranny, to be certain, but society should enforce the social agenda, not the government. People as a group need to step forward when it comes to witnessing this type of discrimination and hold those accountable who are in the wrong. Bystander effect be damned. Just world hypothesis be damned. Do something about the wrong going on around you. Say something. Act. People don't get what they deserve, and that's a fact. If they did, a Nazi doctor by the name of Joseph Mengele would not have died on a beach from a heart attack. He would have been caught and brought to justice. This is a complete load of shit. Using government institutions as a buffer for your lack of action is a pretty piss-poor excuse. Sometimes these institutions behave badly. This is so because the institution is not an entity per se. It is composed of individuals who, having a common jurisdiction, enact the tenets of their duties, sometimes in ethically irresponsible ways. The institutions are made up of people, sometimes highly educated people, but fallible people nonetheless. We live in a culture of say something but do absolutely nothing. When I say do something, I'm of course not advocating a return to barbarism. I'm talking about conversation, planning, and action. But don't impose speech on me. Instead, do what human beings do in times of need and do the right thing. Except, let's practice this, practice this virtue in our daily interactions with everybody. See? Simple. But I digress. Too many people want to be right instead of doing right. Here is where division meets tyranny. In the case of this compelled language, the only time I would need to address you by a pronoun that isn't the proper one you were born with, i.e. your name, would be if I was talking about you to someone else. Isn't that rude anyway? 
If I'm speaking to you, I would have enough common courtesy to look you in the eyes and call you by your name or ask what it is. If we're already friends, we stay friends regardless of what or you or others call you, but I would still call you by your name, the one you choose. If I wasn't truly your friend, then this would change things. That's when you know who your true friends are anyway. Without permission, recuse yourself of this dualistic stupidity and think with something besides your thumbs, genitals, or lack thereof. How shall we do this, you say? Can't you answer the question for yourself? Can't. K-A-N-T. Let's break things. That's civilized behavior. Let us knock over monuments and burn buildings and steal back what has been taken. These simple, instinctual creatures must be forgiven, for it is a lot of primordial things to respond to fear through anger and violence to that which they are ignorant. While certainly racism is the hallmark of the ignorantly minded, so too is the absence of intelligent and thought that occupies the fist connected to the brain of a common thief who steals from a small business while burning buildings to the ground, not out of protest, but out of sheer animalistic stupidity. People have the capability to create wonderful things with their hands by using their thoughts to create, to create things out of ideas, to make plans, to generate something wonderful and unique. Instead, rather than using your intellect, you destroy things whose significance as a monument only partially bears the taint of racist ideas from so long ago. Are we so quick to forget that racism was commonplace at one point in time, that it is only because we look back on history through our rose-colored glasses that things look a certain way? If someone from the past were capable of coming to our present day and seeing how things have changed, they would be the ones with delicate sensibilities. Racism in any facet is grotesque. I'm by no means saying that being racist at any point in time is acceptable. There is no argument for that of any sort in my intent. What is clear is that a statue commemorating a prime minister as the first in Canada is not a monument to racism. It's a monument to the first prime minister of Canada. Shall we dig up the grave and hold a trial? I find it disturbing that the way to peace always seems to come at the cost of forgetting history rather than through intelligent conversation and community involvement. Be active as a community to stop this problem. Don't leave it up to a faulty government. Take responsibility and make people accountable, damn it. The government in our society is supposed to do the administration tasks that the people collectively just can't accomplish. So we hire people, or vote, whatever you want to call it, to do that job. Racism, classism, whatever ism you want to throw at it doesn't belong in the government. As a society, we need to address these issues. Otherwise, when the government begins to control the social narrative, you end up with socialism. The more you keep looking for something, the more you will find it. Therefore, stop looking for problems, address problems as they arise, and this is how we end this charade of human decency. Stop living in the goddamn past. If you want to fix the present, stay in the present. What will you take back by throwing down a piece of stone? By throwing the stone, you take dominion over the stone and become its tyrant. How mighty you have become over inanimate things. Those that persecuted you are long dead and have since been evacuated by the worms and are now the earth beneath your feet. Will, you, will your destruction of artifacts change history? Go back in time and you will see worse things than you have ever learned from the books. 
Live in the present and deal with the monsters of the here and now. If you want to have the government intercede on your behalf, then be prepared to have your rights stripped down. That's the trade-off in all of this. If the government changes the law for a group of people, then the government changes the law for everyone else too. It's the only way. There is no easy way out of all this. You know what is easy, at least for the leaders and the government? Fascism. Dr. Google, can you tell us about the book 1984? Orwell surely spins in his grave as you fulfill his prophecy. Compelled speech equals thought control. It's pretty simple if you follow the logic through to its conclusion. Hate speech is intolerable, so don't mince my words. I'm talking about making people change the way they speak and putting a price tag on it if they don't follow through. Burn a building, spray paint the wall, knock down a statue, and still, the idea lives on. Simpleton. How do you destroy a bad idea? With a better idea. But I would not expect any better behavior from people so obsessed with throwing down a tyrannical system. Become the immovable rock. Do not allow yourself to be picked up by the passion of your emotions. Your amygdala is not the whole of your brain. You have the power to reason, and yet you choose to behave as though you had no reason at all. Your system, by its very nature, was born of the struggle of tyranny, and in your paranoia, you armed yourselves and granted yourselves the freedom to bear arms and rise up should the need become apparent. Your anxiety and distrust of government are obvious. Carry a gun to protect yourself from what? Criminals? I have a genius idea. Let's defund the police. When someone breaks into your home, nobody will come. So everybody better get guns because once there's no police left, your delicate sensibilities won't protect you from the onslaught of terror that is sure to come. The sanitation engineer who disposes of your garbage forgets a bag and you're ready to draw a gun on the public servant. Yes, carry guns, defend yourself from tyranny, but use your goddamn brain. Should the police be more sensitive? Fuck yes. Should public servants be held accountable for their needs? Uh, fuck yeah. Yet, you put yourselves in this position and very soon the tail will be pinning the donkey. All the while, the government grins evilly as it watches you cavort around the national stage, parading around screaming, FREEDOM! as the politicians pull the strings to move your lips. Give us liberty! That will be 50 cents plus tax, plus inflation, plus carbon tax, plus the cost to tell you all the tax. Politicians pay for votes and you buy their bullshit. People don't vote the way you like, so therefore the election must be rigged. No pile of evidence will ever convince an idiot that they're wrong, no matter how objective or compelling. The whole system doesn't work properly because there is no disproportion. There is a disproportion. All of these academics have read The Republic, have you not? What did it say? What One representative for 100,000 citizens? It didn't say, let's make a system that squabbles so much that it can't carry out its essential functions because the bureaucracy that underpins it is so damn convoluted that it's, it's, it's a nuclear reactor trying to drive a two-cycle motor. You've granted yourselves permission to live in a perpetual anxiety of conflict and to act as the radical fanatics that you purport to hate. The truth is, you hate the fanatic because, unlike anyone who says, I don't like such and such about so and so, the reality is you dislike what you see in yourself. Fanatical Christians dislike fanatical Muslims because they're not fanatical Christians and vice versa. Is it any wonder that the pews are slowly emptying? 
The parishioner no longer requires dogma to orchestrate their insanity. They just get on a bus, go to the next town to loot, or they treat everybody with such indignity and disrespect that it's any wonder the idea of religion itself becomes unattractive. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Congratulations. You have come full circle, except, like the small child who needs no permission to empty his bowels, you sit at the desk and await the teacher to give you freedom to do what doesn't require permission. Your votes, the real ones, constitute who runs the pageant of your nation, and yet you stupidly believe that there are only two parties, left or right, up or down, liberal, conservative, democratic, republic, but doesn't a compass have more than two directions? It too, it too has more than two directions, but do you have the right to enact change without violence? Idiots. How do we enact this change without violence? Oh. Like sheep, you bleat, violence. Yes, because historically, that has worked so well. Fools. Does a flower ask permission to grow? As a human being who sees injustice, it is not a right, but an obligation to enact change. It is not the government that is the problem. It is a society that has enabled so much government control over itself. We live in 2021. You have righted in the past in this land and many others to no avail. And after all, what were the Crusades but an excuse for <coughs> good faithful Christians to rout, burn, rape, murder, and pillage? Is it any wonder why you're divided when half of your political system is run by the tenets of the Christian faith? Bring solutions to the table with your problems and you'll have made progress. Separate church and state and you'll have succeeded in fixing most problems of intolerance in government institutions. Burn buildings and you will create destitution in carbon. You have become tyrants in your circular motion. I have watched my dog chase his tail on occasion and remark, How American of you, Mr. Bubbins. Perhaps the government should give you permission to be offended. So then you might go forward and being offended by all things, finally learn some gratitude for the days of, days of yonder while you sit lamenting in your self-imposed prison cell. Tolerance has become the wordplay of politicians to disguise the true intentions of division and further hatred of those that they pretend to defend. People can't change the system if they can't even agree among themselves, but you buy it up like cheap tabloids at the supermarket. How beautiful our fair and free country is. Ugh, I can't even say it without feeling peristalsis resist the effect I have created by my own words. The smiling face of a politician is the sound my, makes, my dog makes as he cleans his genitals. The only freedom you have is the freedom to be perpetually stupid and scientifically illiterate. Science is also not God. God is not science. God does not hold all the answers. Your precious book doesn't have the answers, and science is illimited by its very nature. But, I will say this for real science, at least it doesn't pretend to have the answers, and at the very least, science doesn't make shit up to suit itself. Then there's the pop culture science, where the story we're grass-fed is, science is adaptable, theories change, and for the right amount of money, you can own it. That is not science, that is unscrupulous bribery. Sometimes you have to live and look around to understand the world. A world beyond your senses? Reprehensible. But I digress. That requires setting you aside for a minute. Or do I mean God? Who gives a shit? Why does everyone feel the need to distinguish between one another's religion at the expense of taking the time to see things from a unique point of view? 
We could all use humility in some form, but not at the expense of personal dignity. We could also do to be more respectful of others besides that. The point being, we're all in different spots on the belief spectrum. Just be respectful and seek out others who want to participate. Other than that, leave the rest of us alone and stop trying to impose your beliefs on other people. Keep it out of the public forum altogether. Leave it out of government and remove it from the workplace. It really just is that easy. The cure is in the cause. Countermeasures are certainly needed if the offending blight is to be corrected. The proper diagnosis and method of treatment is needed. Firstly, change must be inspired by an idea in the mind. It is nurtured as thought and it becomes a plan. It should be clearly understood before the body moves with its impetus. Secondly, and lastly, fostered in the hearts of the people and enacted through the system that governs it. It takes an entirely different effort to destroy the system to enact your method of change than it does to use the system itself to your advantage. Unite, move, and be seen. Protest and petition. Start lawsuits. Use social media. Use every means at your disposal and eventually the violent solution will be obvious for what it is. Stupid and useless. It causes more social issues than what it cures. Move a large rock from a standing position that requires much more labor than aiding the movement of the same rock already in motion. Besides, if you've observed history, you'll have noted that when governments are overthrown in violence, it does not beget freedom. It begets destruction and a new brand of tyranny. Authoritarianism is not the panacea for tyranny. It is the consequence. Freedom must always come from the sacrifice of the few, and yet it does not necessarily need to be this way. It is just the way things have always been. The way we used to do things just doesn't work. It's like watching a rat run around the wheel all day long except to stop and rest to do it again the next day. This is the progress you believe you have made, but in reality you have done nothing and continue to do nothing as long as you continue to do the same stupid things. People need to stop and realize that each person around them is a neighbor of the people organization of their community. I would dare not say the neighborhood of humanity for it contains a swear word that we're not supposed to use these days, man. Drop the hang-ups, forget words for a minute, and do the impossible. See beyond the words and understand the fucking message. If people join together in the best cause there is, making our world better, the situation would improve. If people were held accountable by a society, things would become more civilized. But as long as you keep sniffing the stale old farts of your superiority, the only thing you will succeed in doing is smelling like shit. I'm not talking about mob justice, because we know that just doesn't work. I mean on the one-to-one -one civic interactions. Take part. Collectively, this is not possible because people join together and start doing really stupid shit right away. This is why this needs to happen on an individual level. That's right, you. As we already know, utopias only exist in science fiction. So I'm not saying that everything will be perfect, but it would be a hell of a lot better than it is. Utopia is a nice daydream, but stop dreaming about utopia. Be utopia. Rather than humans being the problem, become humans doing the right thing. And that's all for today, listeners. On our next episode of Anti-Inflammatory, we're going further with Meush Bara and in getting deeper into the rabbit hole where we find ourselves in 2021. I apologize for those little gaps in there. It's, it's quite a bit to digest even now, but uh, we're going to get through it. And I really appreciate you listening to this because... I hope that I can have some guests on my show in the future, and that could be you.
because we're not all about celebrities. We just want regular folk to chime in and have the conversation. I want to hear from you. Everybody. I'd, I'd honestly love to have everybody on the show, but it's a real time constraint, so I invite you listeners to come participate in the discussion. Here is a place for voices to be heard. I'm Dave. This is Anti-Inflammatory. See you next time.